One point noted here as well is the Sahaba in Abyssinia, despite them being minority, despite them noticing, realizing that their future would be bleak because the two emissaries were really convincing the Negus, Najashi, that they should be sent back. But these Sahaba did not compromise their deen. They explained Islam in its purity, in its pure, pristine form. They said to each other, what are we going to say when he asks us certain questions? They said, we will say as our Nabi has taught us. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is how Sahaba never forsake their deen, no matter what the situation, no matter what the condition. Something else, a point that we should learn here, is when the two emissaries from the side of the Quraysh and the Meccans presented these gifts to the lobby of the Negus and so many gifts and so many rare, exquisite leathers and perfumes and incense things, uh, you know, special, especially from Mecca for them. This is some a sort of bribery and called lobbying. In Islam, this is not permissible. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam prohibited this, paying a public servant extra monies because that would destroy the system. It destroys the society. In Islam, this is not allowed. It actually happened where in Allah's Nabi's time, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, someone went out to collect the zakat, and as it was as he returned, he presented what was collected to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he said, "Oh Nabi of Allah, this is the zakat, and this was gifted to me." Allah's Nabi was very upset. He actually from the member explained that how can one say this is the zakat and this year is for me? Why doesn't he sit in his mother and father's house? Or why doesn't he sit in his own home? Why doesn't he sit in his own home and get gifts and see what gifts will come to him? So this hadith unequivocally Allah's Nabi clarified the system of bribery. Actually it's bribery. It's not permissible. Something else interesting is that Hazrat Abu Salama did not return with the, in, in the second migration. But when he came back the first time, he also was looking for someone to give him protection to enter Makkah Mukarramah. And he didn't find anybody to give him protection. He comes from the family of Abu Jahl and so forth. And he then went to his maternal uncle, Abu Talib. And he asked Abu Talib for protection. And Abu Talib gave protection. The Meccan people like Abu Jahl and the maternal, paternal family of Abu Salama ibn Abdul Asad were very upset. And they came to Abu Talib saying to him that how can you give him protection? So he said, like I gave my one nephew protection, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa this is my other nephew, I will give him protection. And they were putting a lot of pressure on Abu Talib. And something very interesting happens here is Abu Lahab stands up for Abu Talib. The person who this support was least expected from. So we learn another lesson here. Is Allah Ta'ala helps deen with different, different people. Like Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam explained in the ahadith, Inna Allah la bin rajulil fajir. Sometimes Allah Ta'ala helps the deen with a fajir disbeliever as well. That's why we have to ask Allah Ta'ala that, O oh Allah, make us from those who are maqbuleen. Because one is qabiliyat, capability. And the other is qabuliyat acceptance. May Allah Ta'ala accept us.